the Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. What's going on, everybody? Eric Franson, I.J. Salveson. I am craving a Diet Dr. Pepper right now. I just so I was gonna like go pull in this gas station. But you know what my biggest pet peeve is? Is when there's a, like a red light and then like a line of cars just come up and no one wants to let you through. And there's still like a mile more cars. So then I couldn't get me a Diet Dr. Pepper. And then I come here and uh you know you're you're doing your shenanigans. Alright. My shenanigans. Yeah, your shenanigans. I'm just trying to find an answer to a very important question. If you, maybe if you win pick six, I could get you a diet, Dr. Pepper. Well, there's a problem there, Captain Crunch. You got yourself a diet, Dr. Pepper already? No. I did some research. And it looks like I'll be getting you a diet Coke or whatever the fetch drink these days. <laughs> What, what? I didn't ask for one. Well, that's going to have to be your gift. You know how to ruin a man's day, don't you? What, you know, you know what, how to make so a man So you're suggesting cry. that I won pick six? After thorough, valid research. You A.K.A. May... staring at my <laughs> research. <laughs> no. What, I don't know <laughs> what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, I, 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 I did my research fair and square. Distracting me with one thing so you can steal the paper. <laughs> hey, kids. And check my scores. Hey, kids. And the friends and kids at home, if you need something, just let me know how, uh, <laughs> if you need it, and I can uh, find a way to get it to you. I have found a way. <laughs> hey, that's your fault, okay? You you were vulnerable, and I took advantage of the opportunity. Wait, hold on. Whoa. No, wait. What? No, hold on. That's like the no. second awkward thing you've said to me in the last 15 minutes. No, the first one. I... <laughs> okay, that first one might have been off to With the other people nearby listening, thinking, what are they talking about over there? That may or may not have came out the way I didn't. Okay, when I thought about it first, it, it sounded better in my head than it did coming out of my mouth. <laughs> All right, before we get too deep into a lot of talk topics, because there are quite a few, you know, Utah State. Yeah. Over the weekend, uh, Region 11, currently where that's at, the current standings in the Mountain West, Utah State, Utah Jazz with a huge buzzer beater over the weekend, uh, XFL, their inaugural uh, games over the weekend, and already a defensive coordinator has been fired. Didn't take long. What? <laughs> Blockbuster deal in, in Major League Baseball. Finally went through, even though we've heard about it for over a week. So a lot of things to get to, but... Uh, one way to recap the weekend is to go through our pick six. These are th- six things we thought could happen over the weekend, and we set it up on on Thursday night as part of the show. So let's go through them. Sam Merrill points versus Boise State. Uh, it was setting up to be a very special night in the spectrum, and it was for a lot of reasons, uh, and a lot of it came through. But one of the things was Sam Merrill, 21 points away from hitting 2,000 points, uh, so you set the line at 26 and a half. Thank you, referees. He actually scored 17. But when you don't play for much of the second half, it's kind of hard to get too many points. Amen. So I took the under, and I got that one correct. 
So then there was another one. Merrill combined points, assists, and rebounds. The line was set at 31 and a half. So the combined points, assists, and rebounds was actually 23. I took the under on that. You went over. So I'm up 2 nothing already on you. Good for you. One more from the Utah State game. Diogo Brito assists versus Boise State. I was very optimistic when I set the line at 5.5. He only got two. You went under. I was over. So you got that one correct. So it's 2-1. to one. Uh, Shifting to the Utah Jazz. James Harden. Points that he would get versus the Utah Jazz on Sunday night. The line was set at 41.5. He only scored 28. Only. I mean, 28 is still a lot of points, but he scored 28 points. We both took the under on that wisely, so it's 3-2 to two for me. Uh, Harden three-point attempts versus the Jazz. Line was set at 14.5. He actually attempted 13, so it's close. But you went under, so you got that correct. So now we're 3-3, AJ. It comes down to your obscure pick of the week. Going to the NHL, John Carlson points versus the Flyers. You set the line at five and a half. He had zero. No, hold on. Hold on. You're looking at it wrong. Hold on. This <laughs> not, There might be a controversy here, folks. Our first controversy not what I looked at ever. a couple different ways. Oh, I'm sure you tried to look at it a couple different ways. And I looked at points and there was a zero I will John Carlson I will look at it myself okay you let daddy take care of this and uh wait what game was that again versus the Flyers oh man um all right so yeah versus the Flyers let's see here oh it's not looking good dad <laughs> it's not looking good at all <laughs> Uncle Juice might have made a mistake Capitals oh come on Dude, the guy, oh. <laughs> this guy sucks. He's an MVP candidate for what? Wait, what was his name again? You don't even know who he is. Carlson? John Carlson. Dude, he. So I ended up winning four to three. Uh, the tiebreaker didn't come down to it, wasn't needed. But it was the score of the Seattle Dragons versus the D.C. Defenders. The actual score was 31-19 to 19, um, for, for D.C. The Defenders won. I got that part right. I didn't get the score right. You picked Seattle. Didn't matter. You changed your score. Wouldn't have really mattered anyway. But speaking of the XFL... Uh, the Los Angeles Wildcats, they have already fired their defensive coordinator. Just a few days after their first game. Poor old Pepper Johnson. Linebacker and uh, team captain Anthony Johnson tweeted out that he's a free agent. <laughs> so, yeah, take that. That's weird. Hey, what did you think of the XFL on its opening day? Uh, you know, I honestly didn't really watch much of it at all. Wow, that's uh, they did. I did see a report that uh, ratings were very similar to the Alliance for American Football's opening weekend a year ago. Very comparable. The big difference, though, 
is that the XFL sold more tickets. They they had more butts and seats in week one than the AAF did their entire season. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, that's sad. That's not a good thing. You know, overall, I, I, I thought it was a great product. It was really good. I, I am curious to see how the rules work out. I, I should have tried to pay closer attention over the weekend, but I was doing other things. Because um, I think some of them are kind of unique and interesting that the NFL ought to take a closer look at. But I didn't. Um, other big things happened over the weekend. Uh, like we talked about, a big game in Houston on Sunday. And, uh, Jay, this this is how it played out Sunday night, if you were listening to the fan. Ingles will inbound. 1.6 seconds left. Down by two. Ingles holding. Fakes a pass. Finds Bogdanovich. Contested three. Good! Boyan Bogdanovich! Boyan Bogdanovich! Say it again! Boyan Bogdanovich! Holy cow! Straight away three! From 30 feet, contested by two defenders, and the Jazz win. Wow! David Locke on the call. You heard it here on the fan Sunday night. Uh, oh my, AJ, we were. I was watching this game. There's a, a group of us. There was probably 10 or 12 of us all together in one room, and we were all going bonkers <laughs> when that when that ball went through the net. Uh, yeah, I was sitting in my, my living room and uh, watching the game, and then all of a sudden, like, okay, with 1.6, you're like, you know what? Screw it. We couldn't guard Porter. He hits a shot. It's over, you know? Well, P.J. Tucker hits that three in the corner yeah. on the previous possession. I'm like, ah, that's just it. I mean, that's how it goes with Houston. Yeah, and so, like, with 1.6, you're not thinking anything else. You're just, you know, it's it's over. Good effort, you know? Against a good basketball team, it's another L. And then, dude, that was a like the Gajones to to give Adiyanovich the ball that deep with two guys that were, I mean, pretty much on him. It wasn't an open look. It wasn't a clean look. And he got fouled. By the way, they wouldn't have called it. Um, it was just incredible. What a shot! Did did you see there's a guy on Twitter? Yeah, I broke it down. Scout with Brian. Yeah. Brian is spelled with a Y. Yeah. At Scout with Brian. It's phenomenal. He he takes yeah, it and he it breaks is. it down that the inbounds from everything for the inbounds past, everything that's happening away from the ball to get Boyan a good look. It pretty interesting. It is. In fact, he talked about a couple of things. He mentions that Boyan already starts running through his route to get to the top before as Ingles is even getting the ball. He's already starting. Ingles already motioned him to go. So then it saves you a second because when you actually look at when he's counting, I think he's a four or close to four when he's letting that ball go. And so, you, I mean, you have a full second left, but a second's not a long time. So he starts him early through his route. He gets to the top of the key, and he took a long way to get there. Uh, and then you look at just the switch. The ability, I guess, when you, when you look at the switches, um, the pump fake to send Tyson Chandler toward the hoop allowed Ingles to make that pass to the top. 
So he fakes it towards the hoop. That's where Rudy Gobert was, who, by the way, was open. He would have been open. Extremely open. Right. So, because uh, he had the switch with Covington, who nobody could guard. So, anyway, so Covington switches on him, and then it just, and again, it allowed the pump fake to uh, Gobert. Chandler steps over towards the hoop, allows Ingles to be able to throw to the top of the key where Bogdanovich uh, is, and what a shot. What an absolute game. I mean, that, and the best thing is, is two things. One, PJ hits that three and uh, starts talking smack because he hit a wide open three because we were guarding Harden and Westbrook. Westbrook's talking smack because, well, he dunked on, well, I guess he got a floater over Gobert. A floater over Gobert. Uh, he did have a pretty nasty dunk on Gobert early in the second yeah, half. Yeah, but let's like, like the whole rock and the baby thing in the third quarter. Oh, yeah. Dude, the he game's not over, crazy. man. So like watching P.J. Tucker sit on the floor and watching <laughs> that Westbrook. That was a thing of beauty. Watching Westbrook like just play with his jersey and Harden hold the ball or Harden just kind of stare at the rim was so great. It's always good to see Rocket fans shut their mouth. It is a thing of beauty. Um, and that, that's what happened. Uh, it was a heck of a shot. You got to give him a lot of credit for shooting that one. Uh, it's, it's gutsy. AJ, interesting how the Jazz changed up their defensive strategy against Houston just, a, what, two weeks ago. Uh, a week and a half ago, two weeks from today, I guess it would have been, the Jazz faced the Houston Rockets, and they went five out. They went all ball handlers, all shooters. Your center, quote-unquote center, was, what, six foot seven? Mm-hmm. And so uh, the Jazz had a hard time figuring that out defensively. Um, and the, the Rockets recently made a trade saying, we're very committed to this now through the rest of the year. We're going to trade away Clint Capella. We're, we're going to be committed to five out all the time. And so what the Jazz did is basically had Rudy Gobert guarding Russell Westbrook. How about that? Which was interesting. I mean, Westbrook had himself a heck of a game. Yeah, he was good. He was attacking. What was his line? Uh, attacking Gobert, making it difficult for him. And he still scored a ton of points. Uh, he ended the night with 39 but there were a lot of times where they forced him into being a jump shooter. And he didn't make very many of those. Uh, he changed a lot of shots. And that allowed everybody else to be in better position. Because Westbrook's not an outside shooter. His best game is attacking the rim. And I thought that was really interesting how the Jazz t- made that tweak. And while... Uh, there you go. While Westbrook did still have 39 points and was tough to guard, it worked for everybody else how the Jazz were able to to attack them defensively. Here's my question is, I, I still feel like James Harden shot them out of the game. It's either Westbrook or Harden that usually loses a basketball game for the Houston Rockets. Harden was 2 for 13 beyond the arc. That would be a problem. Houston, we have a problem. The Jazz made it tough for him. The way they positioned their bodies, they took away the space that he normally likes to have. Yeah. But then there were some times where he was open and he just clanked him. And and by the way, uh, I, I want to give also credit to Jordan Clarkson. Oh, my gosh. 29 minutes, 12 and, Eric, 12 and 19 from the field. He was 3-7 from deep. Most of that points, in the second five half. Plus, yeah. 
a chunk of that in the second half. He also has six boards to assist and no turnovers. Uh, frankly, I was I was a little surprised that he wasn't in the game for the last two minutes. Yeah, they only put him in the game in the last little bit, the last few possessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was the the type of second half he was having. I was shocked that he didn't come in, come back in with about two minutes to go. I mean, in the end, it worked out for the Jazz, but man, he had a hot hand, and they could not contain him. I was surprised that they. I, I get that he was going to sit, but I'm surprised they didn't bring him back sooner. Uh, yeah. It, Quinn's kind of weird with rotations, to say the least. Um, but again, I'm impressed with their defensive ability to get stops when they need needed to. It's not easy to shut down James Hart. I thought they did a good job of that. Westbrook got his. That's fine. But if 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 only one of them gets theirs... His team doesn't win as much. And in fact, they don't win as near as often. I don't have the exact stat with me, but it's not really good right now with the record when only one scores over 25-plus points. And again, it's an issue for the... It's an issue that the Rockets have and that they don't... And they need to settle. They also need to settle by getting a center. They need a center badly, like a true center. Well, they have... um, What's his name? Tyson Chandler. Who played zero minutes. Who <laughs> came in for one play to guard the inbounds. I love how his stat line straight zeros, but then he gets a minus three. <laughs> That's incredible. He gave up three points while he was on the court. Uh, last second. Uh, I thought it was interesting how the Jazz went to Morgan for some stretches. as Basically, he was the center uh, position, uh, and we didn't really see much of Bradley. Uh, I, I thought that was an interesting move because Bradley, excuse me, Morgan isn't as long, isn't as lanky as Bradley, but he's maybe a little more physical and has better lateral movement. I, I thought he had some uh, a, a foul and a turnover that was untimely, but he uh, he still gave the Jazz some solid minutes at the basically at the center position, and we've we've hardly ever seen this guy. But because of the matchups and because of what Houston was doing, that was the better play. Yeah. Do you like Morgan? What do you? Th- what are your thoughts on him? Well, don't see him often enough. I mean, the, f- the f- few times that I did see him, I mean, frankly, I was shocked to see that he had a plus eleven. <laughs> I know. On he the was night, on the court, yeah. I-, I didn't think he was really that effective, but he grabbed three rebounds. He was in there making life difficult for a little bit. And uh, that lateral movement, this, the size was a little bit better. I think that if Bradley had been in there, they would have attacked him at the rim, and he probably would have had a harder time. Uh, six two nine four. Text in a tweet from Andy Larson, and he says after scoring thirty, Jordan Clarkson was set to check back in with about four minutes left, but he had a conversation. This is again coming from Andy Larson. He had a conversation with Quinn, and I actually saw this. Clarkson was at was at the table and then got a three from Bogdanovich in the corner, you know, right next to the Jazz bench. Clarkson then turned to Quinn and Quinn didn't even motion for him to come over. Clarkson just got up and started walking back to the bench. Quinn kind of meets him and he says, "We're good, we're all right." And Quinn says, "Okay, let's let it." Wait. And that's kind of the kind of thing like let them rock. Uh, he said that he uh, told Snyder to let them rock is what he said. We were playing well. We were scoring and rotating defensively. I did my role, let them rock, end quote. 
And that's so, yeah, if you watch it actually closely, it was after the three from Marjanovic. Um, I think it was to give him the lead, too, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, or to tie it, one of the two. But Clarkson was at the table. As soon as he hits the three, you see Clarkson t- get up and turn and walk back. And then Quinn kind of puts his hands up like, where are you going? And he says, we're good. And then Quinn pats him on the button, and Carson goes sits down, and then, of course, everything kind of shakes out from there. Boy, what a great find he's been yeah. for the Jazz. Yeah, and I mean, that's just, I mean, the the mindset to do that, I I think, is really impressive in itself. Right, because Boyan had been having a, a crap oh, game. just horrible, dude. I mean, it just wasn't working for just him. Just so bad. But then he makes that shot, and he sees the ball go through the hoop. He, he uh, shot some free throws. That's actually what started it. He shot, shot some free throws, sees the ball through the hoop. Uh, a possession or two later, he hits the three in the corner. And, boy, what what confidence for that coaching staff to say, Boyan, you're going to be one of our options. Yeah. How things go through here and everything works out, you have multiple options. But as it rolls out, they had confidence that Boyan was going to be one of those. That's <laughs> still shot. a tough shot. To, I mean, look, like you pitch him the ball. But he's got 1.6 to let this thing go. And uh, and then he gets Harden and who's the other one? Bolson fouled him, by the way. Tucker. Tucker was the other guy. Yep. And uh, and he hits a terrific shot. But Eric, look, as great as this win is, we have to, Eric. We have to talk about Portland, Utah on Friday night. The controversial ending where Damien goes to the hoop, gets a shot blocked, but it's an it, it's an obvious goaltend. Oh, when it happened in real time, I th- oh, that's a goaltend. The ESPN broadcasters, oh yeah, oh, that was a goaltend. Oh, they went nuts. But you know what? What Damian Lillard and, and everybody on that squad saying the refs cost us the game, uh, they stole the game from us. Okay, let's let's pause that for just one second. Okay. There was still 13 seconds on the shot clock. If that ball went in, if they called it a goaltend, the Jazz still had another possession, and the game was just tied. Tied, right? So it's not like that was it. Yeah. So let's not overreact more than we need to. But yes, I understand <laughs> being upset. It was a bad call. It was not the proper call. But there were still, if that ball, if that call was made, or if the shot went in, the Jazz had plenty of time. But here's the problem, man, is is that it's it's not just that. It's the principle of the matter. It's the fact that Damian Lillard, a high superstar player in the NBA, went to the hoop, had, there's a goal 10 called, or no, excuse me, there's a goal 10 that took place, but not called. These NBA refs have been horrible as of late. Really, really bad. And so I don't know, like, if they just, they just, I mean, they may turn around and said, hey, you're going to go ref the Utah State Boise State game Saturday night because you guys suck. And we got so lucky to have them. But it, it's a problem. And, it, and, and it, there's, a, there's a reason to be upset from Damien, a really valid reason. Oh, absolutely. And then there's a valid reason to be concerned as an NBA uh, employee, as an NBA player, as an NBA coach. There is a huge reason to be extremely concerned right now with the officiating because it has been porous to say the least. When a player reacts like like he did, Damian Lillard, yeah. did, uh, concerned about making that mistake and then the refs admit, yep, and a head official talks to a media person from the North uh, Pacific Northwest, yes, we miss, missed that call, but it's non-reviewable, and they just leave it at that. I mean, that... 
that just makes him more mad. But if a if a player criticizes that that kind of an egregious non-call and they get upset over it, they get fined. What is unfortunate is that is there any discipline for those refs for missing that call? Not yeah, that we hear about. See, that's the problem. It's that there's no. Yeah, you rarely hear about it. The NFL, but, has on occasion, announced some discipline that yeah. these refs have been suspended because they missed a call. But it's it's pretty rare that we ever hear any discipline for refs. And and see, that's a problem for me as well because they'll send out a statement saying, "Hey, so and so got fined twenty five thousand for speaking bad about the refs." Well, why doesn't Joe Smith get fined? 50000 for sucking at his job as an or, official. Or suspended the next game. Look, yeah. if you're not going to do your job right, you're going to not do call the next game yeah. on your rotation. Look, yeah. You've got to put some pay. pressure on them. You, Without got, pay. you have to do it right. Yeah. You can't miss that. Yeah, it was poor. And I feel, and I really, I do, I do, I feel bad for the Portland Trailblazers. I mean, it's a playoff atmosphere. There's seating on the line. There is seating implications because these games will come up to bite you back in April. So it matters, and the fact that they got screwed because an official was, for whatever reason, and the fact that like the reports were saying that the official told the players and coach that it wasn't close is really, really bad. Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's not that's good. Really bad call. That's not bad good. Optics. So that, that needs to be fixed. Now we now we look to the future. Uh, we did a present, past, and now we look to the future. A tough, tough one tonight in Dallas, Utah, in Dallas at six thirty. So you get six fifteen pregame here. On uh, 1069-1390 AM, the fan. Uh, the last time, I guess, the, the start of this stretch started with the Jazz victory over the Dallas Mavericks. Thoughts on tonight? Well, uh, Luka Doncic is, is probably not going to play. Uh, Chris Depp's Porzingis, I haven't heard his status. Last I heard it was doubtful. What was Luka's situation again? Uh, he's, he's missed like the last six or, six seven, or seven games, games right? because of an, another ankle sprain. Yeah. So, that certainly bodes well. Uh, they do have a backup point guard who's playing really well in Luka's absence. Jazz played Dallas well in Salt Lake City. It was an exciting game uh, in an early afternoon contest. Um, but I, I like Utah's chances tonight. Uh, I think that, that a win like that that they had last night makes you forget that it's a they've got a back-to-back, that they had to travel and play another game. That team was juiced last night. They had plenty of adrenaline flowing, and they're going to be excited and ready to get. When you play a game like that, you want another game right away, yeah. and that's what they get. Yeah, I, I yeah, I like it. Um, with no Luca, I like the Jazz chances. If Jordan Clarkson, if Jordan Clarkson can continue the way he is playing, they're going to be really, really good. Uh, I. I still wonder at times, though, like without Westbrook and Harden and Capella, they still lost with the seven-man Denver team. They still lost. And with a near-seven-man team against Portland, they almost lost. Like, I mean, just yes, I that mean, is even with the absence of superstars, it seems like the Jazz play down to a level just below them. And I wonder if that will be a concern tonight. By the way, Tim McMahon is reporting that uh, Luka Doncic uh, did play a little bit of five-on-five at the practice facility this morning. Uh, it was his first live action since that ankle sprain on January 30th, and they, they hope that he'll be cleared to play against the Kings on Wednesday night. So he is out for sure tonight. Um, you seen anything on uh, Chris Tapps? Nothing yet. Yep, not, nothing yet, actually, as of right now. Um, 
Yeah. Nothing on Chris Sapps. Uh Something else from speaking Utah Jazz players. Team USA, the Olympic men's basketball team, has released a finalists roster. Uh, there are a lot of finalists. Uh, it's uh, about 44 players that are on the list. Uh, ultimately, uh, they'll whittle it down to uh, 12. Um, but uh, uh, LeBron James is on the list. Um, nine members of the gold medalist team from 2016. Um, so, anyway, there's uh, 44 players that are announced on this list. And uh, the the 12-member roster will be announced later this year. But that being said, there's two jazz men on this list, IJ. Who? I know Donovan's one of them. Donovan Mitchell. And Mike Conley. What? Yeah. Mike Conley ain't making this list. He ain't freaking making that team. Like, thanks for coming. Here's your senior citizen discount card. <laughs> On your way, my friend. There is no way, and you know what, that freaking... Uh, Audrey, I think they have to make it a big list because guys might get hurt. Yeah. Guys might decide, you they know what, play. I had a long postseason, or I, I see that we're going to have a long postseason. I want to give myself, my body, a break for, for next year. Um, but um, I'm not going to go through all 44, but... There's a lot of the guys that were on the qualifying that participated in the uh, World Cup this last summer are on this list, along with guys like Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, uh, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Dwight Howard, Damian Lillard. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's do this. They, They have a list of 44 very good basketball players. Yes. Give me 12. Whittle this thing down to 12 for me. So, here, and I'll even help you out. So, we go, what, LeBron James would make it. Okay. Uh, Russell Westbrook, yes or no? He's on the 16 team. That's why I say yes. I'd probably say yes because he's, he's so hard to guard. He's not really a team no. guy. No, oh, heavens no. But you put him on the court and he does a lot of things and it's hard to, to guard. Okay, so well yes, we'll Kate put Westbrook two. on the team. Kemba Walker. Ooh. I think he kind of earned himself a role for the while we played last year and how he's playing right now is, yeah. in the NBA. But he's on the fringe. So is he yes or no? Got to will this baby down to 12. Right now I'd say yes. Okay, that's 3 Clay Thompson who is a member of the 16 team and the 12 team. I'd say no. Really? Because of health. Okay. Don't know if he'll be healthy, be available. Uh, this guy has some experience. Chris Paul. He's been a member of the 8, 12, and 16 Olympic teams. All gold medal teams. <laughs> Would they say no to a veteran point guard who's uh, been that's there? That's a good question. That's a really good question. Because of his age, I think maybe not let some other guys go, but look what he's doing in Oklahoma City right now. They're a playoff team, and only because of Chris Paul. I don't feel like they really give a crap about age. Like Kobe Bryant was playing on the 16 squad. True. I'd say Chris Paul. But now you're at four. Yep. And three of those are guards. You haven't mentioned Damian Lillard yep. or Steph Curry. Yep. So then that's my question. Damian Lillard, yes or no? I would take Damian Lillard over Kemba Walker. 
So are you booting Walker off now? Yeah, I'm going to boot Walker off. Okay, so that's still four. Steph Curry? I mean, I, in theory, <laughs> yes, but how is his wrist? Will he be healthy? Will he be able to play? Yes or no? If he's available, yes. So that's five because I'm thinking he'll be – because he wants to play. In fact, he's came out and said he wants to play. That's five. So that's five. By the way, they're all guards. Anthony Davis? Well, LeBron James plus four guards. Okay, yeah. And LeBron could play anything. Yeah, that's true. Uh, So we're at five. Uh, Anthony Davis, yes or no? Yes. Six. Kevin Durant? Yes. Seven. Paul George? Yes. Eight. Draymond Green? No. Wow. James Harden? We're already got so many guards, so many shooters. Um, 16 gold medal as well. Said he would sit out, but he said he will be available to play this summer. You need some bigger guys. We already have, what are we, eight already? Seven. He'd be eight. He would be eight? With four to go. Okay, I'll take James Harden. <laughs> That's eight. Um, Kawhi Leonard? Yes. Nine. Uh, Brooke Lopez, who is a part of the uh, summer squad? No. Okay. JaVale McGee? No. I have to ask. Chris Middleton? No. Really? Okay. I already got so many shooters and so many guards. Jason Tatum? Yes. Who is a favorite of Coach K. Uh, yeah, of, uh, of Greg Coke. Popovich. Yeah, Greg Popovich. Thank you. Uh, Jason, uh, yeah. We so are now we're at 10. Team. So we're at 10. Uh, now, now it gets interesting. Now do you take... I feel like you have to get some bigger guys. Okay, so then let's go. You really only have two, two big An- guys. Andre Drummond? Ooh, I don't know. Because the, like, the big men list doesn't look really too intriguing to me right now when I look at this. No, I'm looking at it as well. There's not a ton of options. <laughs> Bam Adebayo? No. Marcus Aldridge? I don't think Lamarcus makes the team. I think Andre Drummond makes it. And the other question, really, by the way, Tobias Harris? Oh, he'd be a good addition. And Kyrie Irving? No. Kevin Love? He's part of the 16 medal team. Uh, that's intriguing. Because he's a, he's a because, bigger guy. He's a stretch four. Because, and by the way, you also left out Marcus Smart, a guard. Yeah. Mason Plumlee is going to get left off. I don't think he was ready to go. Derek White, who was part of the summer team, is going to get left off. You already booted Kemba. You booted Kemba Walker off. Victor Oladipo is going to get booted off. Yep. Um, Mitchell's not on there. Mitchell's not on, your, on there. Kyle Kuzma's not on there. No. Uh, Brandon Ingram. Oh, boy. And Dwight Howard. No, no one, Dwight. Okay. Uh, Montrell's Harrell is a really interesting one who could play the three and four spot because you have size with him. Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes could or couldn't. Bradley Bill is probably going to get left off. Malcolm Brogdon is going to get left off. Yep. Jimmy Butler is going to get left off for good reasons, a lot of reasons. DeMar DeRozan is another one that's going to get left off, and that one's going to be a tough one. That one's going to be a really tough one for Popovich to leave off. Again, it comes down to what who is healthy and who plays together as a unit. That's why I think Kyrie Irving is probably a no. So wait, you're telling me that half these guys who have made the 16 team, the 16 gold team, would 
turn around and not make this year's Olympic team? Like Russell Westbrook, you had to think about. Kemba Walker, you're saying no to. Miles Turner, who's a very good basketball player, might even actually. And Miles came around late in the summer. I thought he was really good late in the summer uh, in that tournament. Clay Thompson, you said no to. See, here's the thing. I think part of it is also related to the fact that the last year's squad did poorly internationally. Mm. So there's going to be some pride factor here where the elite guys will say, oh, well, if I was there, it'd be a different story. So I'm going to count me in. I will be there. So all of them have expressed interest returning from the 16 squad. Curry, Thompson, Green, and Lillard, as has uh, LeBron James, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Andre Drummond, James Harden, Aaron Gordon, Russell Westbrook, and Devin Booker. Whole fetch. That thing, I'd love Was to be a... F- Devin Booker's part of the 44? He, is he? No, he's I didn't not. see him on there. He's oh, yeah, he is. He is. He is. Oh, yep. Okay, but list. here's my... I, I take Donovan Mitchell over Devin Booker. The problem is, is I think Devin did Devin was Devin Booker a part of that sixteen? He didn't play. This he summer. wasn't. Okay. No. But was he a part of the sixteen medal team? No. Okay. Well, then we're good. He won't make it. I don't think he'll make it. But I think Kawhi Leonard could. Paul. I mean, of course, LeBron James, Paul George. And did you say yes or no to Paul George? I said yes. Okay. But Aaron, that's another one that's kind of iffy yeah, because iffy. he's had some health issues. Why is Aaron Gordon even recognized as? As that a chance? I don't think there's no because he scored fifty on the Utah Jazz. <laughs> like, I mean, come on. Like, okay, let me ask you: Did Donovan Mitchell at least raise eyebrows and turn some heads in a chance to make this upcoming team? Yes or no? Say that again. Did Donovan Mitchell, with his summer performance, do you you give him a legitimate chance? Because I don't give Mike Conley anything of making this team. Does Donovan Mitchell have a legitimate chance of making this team based on the guard list and the depth chart that there is? I don't I don't see Mitchell right now. As good as he played in the right. summer. Okay. And this is something else to, to chew on, and we're way long on our yeah. break here. But here's something else to chew on here. They've broken down international experience by players. Mm-hmm. So I think this is really important, too. They want guys who understand what it's like to play international ball because it's very different. And I think that was a real problem with the team over the summer. Most of those guys, in fact, probably all of them, it was their very first experience playing international rules and everything that goes with it. So, Chris, uh, oh, excuse me, um, LeBron James has the most. He has 68 games of international oh play under his belt. Chris Paul is second with 50. Durant has 44. Curry has 40. This is what surprises me. Dwight Howard has 38. Yep, that 08 team really helped. Clay Thompson, 38. Kyrie Irving, 33. Plumley 31. He ain't making it. He's not going to. There's no way, right? Love has 28. Westbrook has 28. Tatum, 26. Barnes, 25. Davis, 25. Harden, 25. Drummond, 25. Green, 22. Anyways, it just keeps on going. And uh, Donovan Mitchell, well, uh, has 13. Gordon Hayward has 12. Mike Connolly has 6. Damian Lillard, only three. Kawhi Leonard, zero. One. Oh. Hmm. So, um, it's an interesting list. 
how many guys decide they want to rest their bodies. Uh, I could easily see Kawhi Leonard saying, thanks for the invite. If he makes it to the finals. It's important how I play in June, not how I play in August. USA Basketball is expected to open its Olympic camp so in early July, and that's possibly two weeks or so after a potential Game 7 of the NBA Finals. If, Le- if, if Kawhi Leonard is in there, he ain't playing in the Olympics, and I think Paul George might even be the same. He might sit it out too. Um, and I think that's kind of a reason why Colangelo and Popovich are, are just waiting for so long, at least to kind of formally recruit players and whatnot. They want to see how everything shakes out come April and May. Right. They, they want to cast a pretty good net and then see how people are feeling. Yeah, yeah, that's not a bad idea. The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric France and Ajay Salveson. Uh, Utah Chance do play tonight, taking on the Dallas Mavericks. Looks like Luka Doncic is a no-go for the Mavericks. Anyone on Chris Stapps yet? Do you know? I have not seen. Continue to look at it. Trying to see if we can find it. Uh, again, Donovan Mitchell and Mike Connolly have been named to the 44-man finalists. Seems like a long list of to be a finalist. I think if you're in the top 24, hmm. you'll be a finalist. But uh, training camp, that won't happen until after the regular season, or after the playoffs. Uh, 44 players were identified. I'm sure there's going to be some who may drop out because of health or because they want to rest. Maybe other issues at play. But uh, right now, it's 44 and Donovan Mitchell and Mike Connolly are on that list. I can feel pretty confident that Rudy Gobert will make his finalist list for France uh, and that Joe Ingles will make his finalist list for Australia. So, anyway, we'll keep an eye on on that as it gets closer. But uh, interesting weekend in high school basketball. Mm, We talked a little bit about this on Friday. There was a big upset in girls basketball on Thursday. Skyview went to Ridgeline for girls basketball and upset the number two team in the state. Very close game, but Skyview wins it 54-51. to And then on Friday night, same thing happens, but in reverse. Ridgeline upsetting the number one team in boys basketball, but it wasn't that close. Uh, Ridgeline won that by double digits, and they had control of that game in the second half. Uh, was able to listen to a large part of it, and uh, Caden Cox... Seven three-point shots. Seven and nine from deep. That's unreal. And uh, Mason Falslove held below his average, um, but uh, kind of creating some chaos in Region 11. So there's now a two-team tie in boys' basketball. At Ridgeline's hold in girls' basketball is whittled down. So Green Canyon has some life trying to play for a a share or an outright uh, title if, if Ridgeline messes up this week. So, an exciting uh, last couple of days last week, which sets up a really interesting final week of the regular season for Region 11, girls and boys basketball. Yeah, and, and again, the RPI rankings are, <clears throat> excuse me, the RPI rankings are shut off uh, for the final week, so we will get to see what everything looks like on Saturday. Is that right? Correct. Saturday, and then the tournament 
is this nuts to you that the tournament starts next week? Does that like ever blow your mind when we're like, hey, yeah, here we go. Oh, wait, the tournament's already here. And remember, it's uh, there are more teams that get to participate, uh, and so there are going to be two playoff games next week. If you're lucky enough to play two yeah. games yep. on Tuesday, if you're not in the top <laughs> ten for the mm. boys' basketball, you play on Tuesday. Uh, if you win, you advance, and then the <clears> next round, you round play Thursday, two, right? will be Friday. Friday. Uh, for the girls, they play Wednesday and Saturday. So, so Logan Mountain Crest are for sure playing Tuesday. Correct. There's no way they're not. Correct. Green Canyon. Really kind of depends on what Green Canyon does, does this, this week, week, right? And if some things happen their way with teams out in, in other regions, there is a chance that Green Canyon could sneak into that top 10. Okay. Well, all right. So uh, it, this is a really important week for them. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. It, it always gets kind of interesting at this time of the year, just kind of what, like, you see where the schedule, what your schedule did to you, if it helped you or you hurt you. You know, and especially and then when you come region play, you got to take care of business. Obviously, Skyview's lost to Ridgeline. Does that vault Ridgeline above Skyview if Ridgeline wins out? See, I that's a fair question. I, but I think that Skyview stays number one because Dixie lost on Thursday. So Dixie could have moved into that top position. But Skyview still has a better overall record. Dixie has the second best overall record. The difference is that Green Ridgeline has six losses on the year, and Skyview only has three. Uh, so I think that's a big difference there. How many region losses does Ridgeline have? One. Which is a Skyview. It was at Skyview. But if I'm not mistaken, Ridgeline played a tougher schedule than Skyview did in their preseason. Uh, could be a factor. I mean, I know they played in the Elite Eight, Skyview did. So they played Corner Canyon and Timfew. But Box Elliott didn't turn out to all they were supposed to be, and Timfy really didn't turn out to be that much either, at least in their 5A RPI ranking. So I I think Ridgeline has a chance to vault Skyview or at least go above it. And it really won't matter, I mean, whether they're 1, 2, and 3 or, you know, whatever, however they go. As long as they're in that top three, you know, part of the bracket, they're going to stay away from each other until state championship time. Both Ridgeline and Skyview play Mountain Crest this week, so that doesn't help really either of their causes. No. Almost kind of hurts. Sorry, Mustangs. But um, Skyview plays Green Canyon on Wednesday, so it's a rivalry game there. Uh, and Ridgeline, they play uh, Logan, at Logan. Wow. The other thing, too, to keep in mind, Bear River, they were at the number 9 spot in the RPI, and they split last week. Yeah. They won one and lost one. So they're on the verge of maybe not being in the top 10. So they have to take care of business. This By the too. way, Ridgeline needs to not like look any further ahead than getting ready for Logan because Logan Brown knows how to coach, knows how to get his team ready. He did it to Skyview last year and beaten them in the final game of the year where Bear River won their game. Skyview lost their game. So then Bear River took the seed uh, above them uh, and, and it pushed Skyview down to four. You cannot overlook Logan. You have to get ready for that team. Logan Brown will have his squad ready. I can guarantee you that. Uh, it's going to be a fun week this week because there's uh, to finish out the season, you've got some uh, traditional rivalries that are in play. you got some new rivalries that are going on because of the, the splits that happened with Ridgeline and Green Canyon uh, and uh, Mountain Crest and Skyview, respectively. So uh, Even though the standings may not 
reflect how important those games are. Uh, still, those are those are exciting games and a lot of emotions in those games. So uh, it'll be fun this week having those games here on our family radio stations. And then on uh, Saturday morning, we'll have the latest updates online, who's playing where and what the latest standings look like. Yeah. All right, going to take another quick step aside and uh, let you know what's coming up next hour. <clears throat> a, a lot more into what happened with Utah State and Boise State. Updated Mountain West Conference rankings and net rankings. We'll get into that all coming up here on the Full Court Press. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. It's a work in progress. It's getting better every day. I know it's a long process um, you know, from the time it happened, all the surgeries, but uh, we're excited about hopefully get back on the floor sooner than later. That was Steph Curry. He said his hand's feeling good. See, making progress. That answers your question. He may be available. Do you question. think he plays this season at all? Yeah. Yeah. He'll play. Or do they just say, you know what, we're, we're gunning for the number we one We the number seat. one pick. Uh, I think he plays. I don't know how much. I think he plays every now and then, though. I do. I think it's a few minutes here and a few minutes there. Just to get his legs back underneath him? Dude, I'll tell you what. That Wiggins pickup is going to look good, though. Okay. I don't know if I'm sold on that yet. You will be. When you get Draymond, Clay, Steph, the number one pick, and Wiggins on the court, it's going to look good. Um. Coming up next hour, we'll get into Utah State, Boise State. All the things that went into there. Crazy game, AJ. A long game. A lot of free throws. A lot of whistles. Aggies pick it up in the, and close it on an 8 nothing run after it was looking pretty precarious for a while there. Yeah. Uh, we'll hear what Craig Smith had to say about that. Uh, Utah State with a big game tomorrow on the road against Colorado State, who's playing really good basketball right now. Uh, so that's going to be a tough challenge for the Aggies. And the latest update on the net rankings, and are the Aggies bound for the NCAA tournament? It seems like there's some mixed opinion out there, whether they're in or they're not quite in. So we'll get into that as well coming up next hour. Uh, and some news in the NFL, too, about some uh, longtime quarterbacks at just different destinations maybe playing somewhere else. Just one or are there more? We'll talk about it coming up next on the Full Court Press. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. The XFL's 2020 debut was a lot different than its original foray into football back in 2001. Because back then, the league was all glitz. Wild cheerleaders, names on the back of jerseys like He Hate Me. This weekend, there was none of that. Just solid, not spectacular football. Some clever rule changes, really cool TV elements like players, coaches, officials being mic'd up like never before. The first weekend seemed to be a success, and now the real challenge comes to see if it can keep its national audience. The demand for football is obviously strong. Just look at the NFL ratings this season. Unlike last time, the XFL did everything it could to position itself as the next level below. They have some advantages that last year's American Alliance of Football didn't have. Major broadcast partners and an owner with deep pockets. Will that be enough? We should find out in the coming weeks as the XFL tries to capture America's sports imagination. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. 